I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And while you're turning to Hebrews chapter 12, I want to share with you a dream that I had on Tuesday night. That is the basis of this message this morning. Um, the title of this message this morning is, is Never in Vain. Um, on Tuesday night, I had a dream, and it felt like it the first of it that it was a personal dream. Uh, Kelly and I were in a good-sized church. If you've ever been in a church before that has, it's kind of a fan shape. You know what I'm talking about. So this is the, the church that, that Kelly and I walked into. We walked in towards the back of this church. And I remember for some reason, some of these things stick out to me. Uh, we had, we held our hands out like this as children kept coming by and giving us high fives. Children just kept giving us high fives. Lots of children, high fives. And I thought that was uh, interesting, unusual. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't know what was going on. And then the next part of the dream that I had, I was actually walking on the stage and Pastor Joseph, you were in my dream because you were hooking up my microphone, you know, but you didn't have time to hook up my microphone. So you gave me a handheld and you said, here, I don't have time to do this. And I said, I don't have time for you to put it on. Let me just take that. I was getting ready to speak and I was getting ready to speak to the congregation. I also remember in that dream that I hadn't studied, that I hadn't prepared. I didn't have a message ready to go. And I was a little bit panicked. But then I also felt like the Lord was telling me at that moment that you need to, there's a particular subject that I want you to preach on and I want you to preach out of this, uh, out of this particular passage in the Bible and then I'm going to give you the words to say. So I did that. I stepped out to the pulpit. But before I could open up my mouth, there was a balcony in the church. Um, and I was looking up at the balcony and as I was looking up at the balcony, I was also looking out at the congregation and I was able to see people I recognize people in my life over the period of my life up to this point. And a lot of those people I recognize as I was looking at them saying, hey, you're dead. You died a few years ago. You died years and decades ago. You're dead too. These people, some of these people that I recognized were already had passed on. And all I saw was a mass of people. But the ones that I recognized were the ones that had already passed on. And I was amazed at that thinking, how are you here today? You're supposed to be dead. But before I could open up my mouth, there was this, uh, in the balcony, kind of where the sound booth was, I saw this, if you've ever seen a fireworks display of things that kind of light up, they don't shoot up like this, but they kind of light up behind it, almost like a bunch of sparklers kind of behind this particular, and it was a particular number that was up there, and I don't remember exactly the number, I want to say it was 80, but it just feels like that there was a number up there, and I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember it being a number and it just lit up and sparklers and like it was just lit up with sparklers and, and brightness. And as soon as I did that, people were applauding. It's just this massive amounts of applause that just rose up. And then I woke up and I said, God, what was that all about? What was that all about? Because it felt very personal. It felt very much like a personal dream to me. And the Lord just spoke to me and said, the work that you're doing in your life is not in pain. What you do for me is not in vain. I said, well, Lord, that's a, that's a very personal message. I appreciate it. He says, yeah, that's not just for me. I want you to share that with the congregation on Sunday. 
Because he wants to tell you this morning that in your life, the work that you've done for the Lord, big and small, it's not in vain. What you do for the Lord, you may feel like, why am I doing this? I don't see any fruit. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I, I feel like that I'm taking one step forward and two steps back. I'm climbing up a hill of sand. There's very little progress or fruit or results in what I'm doing. But I'm here to tell you that the Lord told me to tell you that what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do for the Lord is never in vain. Hebrews chapter 12 is the scripture that he took me to. And I wanted to just first off have you write this down. And it's the words on the screen. He told me to tell you, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Write it down. Don't lose heart. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about this. So this crowd of people that I looked at, and some of them had already passed on. And the rest of them was just a mass of people that I know the Lord was telling me, these are the people that you touched in your life. And he's, he, he, he reminded me of this chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, this verse that says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, there's people that you have ministered to in your life. You've touched, you don't even know who they are. On, you, won't be able, you won't be able to point them out. You don't even know you touched their lives. But you did. There's a great cloud of witnesses. Some have already passed on. Some are still with us. Brother Don, by the way, God bless you. It's good to see you today. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. You with us? Wave at me, Brother Don. Yeah, okay, good. That's good. That's an important thing right there. Last week, you wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders... And the sin that so easily entangles, by the way, those are two different things, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Perseverance is an important word. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, so he's our example, he endured the cross, he scorned its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, as, as a pastor, you may come up to me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for such and such because I'm going through this. I, I, I need you to pray for my marriage. I need you to, I need you to pray for my healing. I need you to pray for my relatives. I need you to pray for my finances. I have a struggle in that I'm going through, et cetera, et cetera. And you're just one person telling me, um, I have 20 people on any given Sunday or any given week, 20 or 30, just talk to me about different things. I get phone calls, texts, conversations, emails that take place. And it's a big burden. Not complaining. I, I, it, it's a privilege. And, and, as, and as, I, as I was reading this, and as I was waking up from this dream, the Lord reminded me, because sometimes the burdens of life, now hear me out, because this is for all of us. Sometimes, like Richard even talked about, the burdens of life, 
get overwhelming, don't they? And you have your own situations. Yeah, you may have a struggle in your life too, but you also get phone calls and emails and texts and there's situations going on in your family and at your workplace and in your life. And I get it. See, we're none of us alone in this. But thank God that Jesus is our burden bearer, right? And sometimes we just want to throw in the towel. Sometimes we just want to say, forget it. We want to turn off our phones, turn off our email, turn off, just, just go, just go away. We just want to go away to a little island somewhere where there's nothing going on and nobody can reach us. How many can relate to what I'm talking about, right? And especially these last couple of years or so. With all that's going on in the world, it seems like it's just ramped up. Has it felt like it's ramped up in your life a little bit in the last couple of years? Yeah? Yeah. But don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. See, there's the things that hinder, isn't there? That's what he said. There's some, we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Two different things. What are the things that hinder us? The burdens in our life, the struggles, the situations, the, the day-to-day issues that we have to deal with all the time. Struggling with your marriage. You're struggling with addiction. You're struggling with your finances. You're struggling with some of your family members. There's situa- there's brokenness everywhere. Right? None of us are exempt from it, and none of us are alone. And Satan would have you think you're the only one that's going through it, but you're not. The things that hinder are the burdens in our life. It's the busyness that we've just got ourselves sucked into. Sometimes it's complacency. We just don't do anything. We, we overcommit ourselves. Maybe that's another thing, the things that hinder. Sometimes it's laziness in our lives. Sometimes it's just distractions. We're, we live in a world that's just, it's replete with distractions, opportunities for distraction. Those are the things that hinder us. We get our eyes moving around in different places and it hinders our walk with the Lord. He says to throw those things off. But he also says to throw off the things, those sins that easily entangle. If you can just picture that I'm walking right now and I got vines wrapped around my legs and they're deeply rooted in the ground and I'm yanking on them and I'm pulling them and sometimes they break loose, but sometimes they don't. And if they do break loose, there's some other vines that are going to grab me in the next step. Those are the sins that entangle and those things are, are, they're not bad habits. They're not just mistakes. They're not just weaknesses, folks. They're called sin. And they're called sin for a reason, because they wrap us up in their vines, in their, and, and, and just they grab us, they entangle us, and we can't get loose. At least we think we can't. Satan would have us think that we can't. He would tell us that we can't. You'll never be free from that addiction of pornography. You'll never be free from that addiction, from that financial, uh, from not being able to handle finances well. You'll never be free from that, from that act of adultery that you're just tempted to go out and do something. You'll never be free from the drug habit. You'll never be free from these things. But, I serve a God who brings freedom and deliverance and disentangles us from the things that would try to wrap us up. The sin that would so easily entangle us. My God is bigger. How about you? Amen? Is your God bigger today? Amen? How many can testify that he's disentangled you from the sins of your past and those things that have been wrapped up in your legs, right? He's disentangled you and he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen? He also says to run with perseverance. It's kind of hard to run when you got things tangling you. It's kind of hard to run when you got a distractions and heaviness. But I'm going to run this race and I'm going to try to run this race. How about you? Not being tangled up. 
I'm going to try to run this race dumping that stuff off that would try to distract me and hinder me. Man, I got to have a light load and I got to have free legs. How about you? Because we all have a race to run as believers in Christ. And we can choose to run the race with a big old heavy backpack filled with rocks and vines that are wrapped around our legs or not. But you still have a race to run. The choice is either to run it without the vines and without the heaviness or with it. It's your choice. Run with perseverance. There's this stick to that he's talking about. This perseverance, this, this word perseverance. It means that I'm going to do this in spite of difficulties and in spite of delays. I'm going to run my particular race. I have a particular race. You have a particular race. We all have a particular race, but it's all headed in the same direction. Because we're fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's what it says next. We fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's with us through this entire journey. He doesn't just meet us at the beginning and meet us at the end and say, you're on your own in this gap here in between. He says, I'm going to give you the faith that you need and I'm going to perfect the faith that you need. And all the while, I'm perfecting it. All the while, I'm with you, helping you to run this race. We're not looking to the left. We're not looking to the right. We're looking straight ahead. We're fixing our eyes. Have you ever had a staring contest with someone? Have a staring contest with Jesus. <laughs> Stop looking around. Stare at him. He won't get freaked out, I promise you. And by the way, you'll probably be the first to blink because he's always looking at you. <laughs> But keep your eyes fixed on him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. There's nobody else that's going to do that for you. You see, what he's done is he's established and he's fine-tuning our faith in these challenges. All the things that you're going through, these burdens that you're dealing with, the struggles, the temptations, the things that you've fallen into, the things that you keep falling into, the things that you're carrying, the burdens of your family. Maybe you're the go-to person where, hey, I need prayer. Would you just take care of this? And you're the, you're the guy. You're the gal who is the fixer in the family. You're the burden carrier in the family. Hey, if, if it needs to be done, call so-and-so, because they're the guy. She's the gal. It's exhausting, isn't it, to be that person? But through those challenges, through the weaknesses in our life, through the temptations, through the tripping up, the stumbling, and the mess-ups, Satan would have it to be that he would destroy you, but Jesus would have it that he would make you more like him. So know this. These challenges, these tests, they're for your good, and they're for God's glory to make you more like Jesus. And then in this scripture it says, think about his enduring. He kind of just breezed through it in about two seconds, about three little snippets of what he did, but if you think about what he went through, He endured the cross. He carried our sin. He died. He rose again. He endured what was put before him, his particular race, and was an example for you and I today. If he can do it, we can do it, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I can't do this in my own strength, you see. So if he can do it, I can do it through Christ who strengthens me, right? Say that with me. Say, if he can do it, I can do it 
through the strength of Christ. That's right. That's right. Because he already did it. And so his strength in us means that we've already been made more than overcomers. Isn't that good? We're going to have to figure this thing out. I hope I can overcome. I hope I can be victorious. The Bible says we already are. We're just having to go through the processes and the steps and the temptations and the challenges and the struggles because that's what life is all about. But he's with us. So don't lose heart. I want you to think about his example and let it encourage you today because what you do for Jesus is never in vain. A couple of real things, a couple of things real quick, one more, a couple more things rather. The next one is don't be moved. He took me to another scripture. Write this down. Don't be moved. So, so, so the first one is don't lose heart. Second one is don't be moved. Don't lose heart. Turn to someone and say, don't lose heart. Yeah, good. Now turn to the person on the other side and say, now don't be moved. There you go. First Corinthians chapter 15, 58 says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Stop right there for just a second because I want to pivot to Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 and 8 because there's a scripture there. Uh, there's an old song we used to sing, just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. How many knows that song, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where this scripture came from, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. He says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree that's planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green and it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. We're in that time in the world today. Where it feels like that there's a drought going on. There's a, there's a struggle. There's some heat that's taking place. There's some, there's some challenges that are going on. But Jesus says, boy, you, you get on by the river of life here and you let those roots, imagine yourself as a tree and you're, you're located right by a river. Man, you know those roots are going to go right down to that river. And that river is just going, it could be awful out there, but you're getting your resource from the river of life. And that's what this verse is saying. I'm not going to be moved. My roots are down deep. And in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of all that's going on in my personal life and in the world today, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be moved. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. A lot of stuff that can move us in directions that are not helpful to us. Away from God. But get them roots down deep. Oh, get them down deep. Be just like a tree that's planted by the water and don't be moved. And the rest of the scripture says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. See, that's where we sometimes want to just throw in the towel and move to that island and be disconnected. I'm done. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know, here it is, that your labor in the Lord is what? Not in vain. What you're doing for the Lord, Paul, is not in vain. Jonette, what you're doing for the Lord is not in vain. Leola, what you're doing for the Lord is not in vain. Richard, what you're doing for the Lord is not in vain. It doesn't matter what we're doing inside the church, outside the church, when no one is seeing and when everybody's seeing. Everything we do as unto the Lord, for the Lord, it's not in vain. Isn't that good to know? 
So we need to be unmovable. We need to be unwavering, not to be discouraged, not trust our eyes, not look and, and see what's going on in front of us because sometimes as we plant water, I mean, I'm not going to plant a seed right here and expect a corn stalk to grow up right before my eyes. It takes time. I can walk away and never come back to that, but i got to trust that as I plant and someone else waters, that God's going to bring the increase. I'm going to secure my roots deep in Jesus. How about you? No matter the drought around me, no matter what, I know that I'm secure and strengthened in Jesus. Do you know that today? Do you know that today? I want to encourage you to give 100% of your life, 100% of your efforts to God's kingdom. And as you do, God promises that he's going to bring the increase. As you plant and water, he will bring the increase. Why do I know that? Because the Bible says that his word will not return void. It's going to accomplish what it was set out to do. He'll make sure of it. So don't be moved. Don't be moved. Turn to someone again and say, don't be moved. Because see, what you do for Jesus is never in vain. Don't be moved. Don't be moved. Here's the last one. Don't give up. Turn to someone and say, don't give up. I bet you wish that I'd stop telling you to turn to someone and say that. Don't give up. Oh, it's so easy to give up, isn't it? Here's the last scripture that Jesus gave me. The Holy Spirit told me to go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And it says here, let us become, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we, what? Do not give up. Turn to someone and say, do not give up. Think about it, a farmer. If you're a farmer, you will not quit halfway through the growing season because of difficulties and challenges. Well, and rain for a week. I got a weed right there. I got a bug who ate a little bit of the leaf right there. I'm done. I'm just done. You got acres that you're responsible for. And the farmer, any smart farmer would realize there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be difficulties, there's going to be challenges, but a farmer would never quit halfway through the growing season because of those difficulties and challenges. He looks to the harvest, doesn't he? He realizes that there's going to be a payoff one day. So I'm going to be faithful to till. I'm going to be faithful to weed. I'm going to be faithful to water. I'm going to be faithful to push back the critters and do what I can to make sure that this that this harvest that I'm responsible for, this, this acreage that I'm responsible for, is well-maintained and well-served and well-loved. I'm going to tend to it. I'm going to be faithful to it. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to love on these people. I'm going to love on my family. I'm going to love on, I'm going to love on those people that God's placed in my life. I, I, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to look and say, well, why am I even doing what I'm doing? Why am I even part of uh, uh, trying to take care of things in God's kingdom? Because it feels like the things are falling apart. Every time I try to do something, it feels like it just, it's not working. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't become weary in doing good. Stop trusting your eyes. Because what you do for Jesus is never in vain. All right, so... That's a great pep talk. How do we do this? How do we do this? Isaiah chapter 40 gives us the answer. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31 says this. 
that God gives strength to the weary. And he increases the power of the weak. Even the youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, those who rely upon the Lord, those who turn to the Lord, those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run, not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. So what is the solution? How do we, how do we not give up? How do we not grow weary in well-doing? How do we trust in the Lord and, and, and know that, that we're not to be moved and, and that we're to not lose heart? And, and here's, here's how you do it. It's four words. Hope in the Lord. It's what the Bible says. Wait upon the Lord. Trust in Him. Let Him be your strength. Where is your hope today? Is it in the government? It will fail you. Is it in your family? It will fail you. Is it in your job? It will fail you. Is it in the church? It will fail you. Is it in anybody that's in this world today? Nothing is perfect. This church is not perfect. I'm not perfect. The government certainly is not perfect. Your family is not perfect. We're living in a broken world because of sin. I'll tell you this, though. Someone who's not broken, someone who you can rely upon 100% of the time, someone who you can place your faith and trust in, and you can be sure that he will always come through, is Jesus Christ. Put your hope in the Lord. Spend, how do you do this, Pastor? Spend time in his word. This is kind of like what we talked about last week. Spend time in his word. He's given you that Bible for a reason. It's not to collect dust on the fireplace mantle. And it's not, and it's not to go to uh, like a fire emergency break glass in case of emergency. I'm going to pull this thing out because there's a fire going on in my, yeah, it's there for that. But certainly we need to kind of just be there every day being washed in his word and kind of every day being fed by his word and every day let the Holy Spirit just speak to us in his word. He's given us his word so that we can place our hope in him. So that we can redirect our eyes back to him. His word recalibrates our hearts back to our true north of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. His word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in prayer. Every day, talk to Jesus. Every day, have a relationship with him. Communicate with him. Let him talk to you. By the way. Don't just blow in and blow out because he's sitting there. You ever had a conversation with someone that's not really a conversation, but it's more of a monologue? They come to you and they go, la, 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 and you're going, and then they're gone, and you, what just happened? Don't do that to Jesus. You've heard me say this before, but he's given you one mouth and two ears for a reason, because we're to listen to twice as much as we talk. And there's nothing really you can tell him that he didn't already know. Share with him your heart and then listen to him. Because his spirit wants to minister to your heart. Words of truth, words of comfort, words of correction, words of help and hope. Spend time in worship. Worship is not just what we do here on Sunday mornings, but it's a daily act. And again, it's not just as you're driving, raising your hands and worshiping Jesus, because that's probably illegal and dangerous. <laughs> worship is not just, okay, I've got to put on a song and do this. That's not it. Worship is your life. Worship is the choices that you make and the, the steps that you take and the way that you think and talk and feel. That's an act of worship. 
Everything we do is an act of worship to the Lord. Amen. Every dollar that you spend is an act of worship. What you spend it on. Every word that we say is an act of worship. And what we say is a glorifying God. Worship the Lord. But you won't have anything to give out if you don't put anything in. So get in his word and spend time in prayer and then let's, let, let's, let's exercise the worship muscle and let's worship him in our lives, right? Cultivate and prioritize relationship with Jesus above all else. And when you do, strength will result. Effectiveness will result. Encouragement will result. Renewal will result. Victory will result in your life. How many needs all those things? Two, three of us, good. You guys, I guess I'll sit down and talk to you and say, how do you do it? That's good. I know we all need that. I'm being sarcastic. We have circumstances that we need to soar above, right? And we can only do so in Christ. We have a race to run. We can only do so in Christ. We have a path that we need to walk, and we can only do so in Christ. So let me just wrap this up this morning. By saying that again, that dream that I had was for all of us today. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Give up those things that would easily entangle you and distract you. Don't lose heart. Don't be moved. Church, don't be moved. Brother in the Lord, sister in the Lord, don't be moved. Grow your roots deep into Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up. Rely on the strength of Jesus in your life. Finally, hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. His kingdom is going to remain. His word's going to remain. He remains. I place my hope in Jesus. How about you? Yeah. Spend time with Jesus. Just you stand with me this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that what we do for you is never in vain. The words that we say, the choices that we make, the steps that we take, the efforts in our life, as we give and do and serve and be for you, we know that your word is not going to return void in people's lives. Our efforts for you are never in vain. I pray, God, that you would give the same encouraging vision and dream to everyone in this congregation, that they would see what I saw in my dream on Tuesday night. Oh, that there's a cloud of witnesses. There's people that, that are in the masses, innumerable, it will fill large auditoriums and even more so of lives that we have made a difference in over the course of our years on this earth. Lord, one day in heaven, that great cloud of witnesses is going to surround us and say, thank you. Thank you for being that word of encouragement to me when I needed it. Thank you for providing for my need when I needed it. Thank you for pointing me to Jesus. Thank you for not judging me. Thank you for loving me in and through my sin. Thank you for your words of wisdom. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you 
for giving yourself to the Lord in such a way that compelled me, that, that was a step in that direction, that moved me closer to Jesus, that, that, that helped me to place my trust in Him. I'm here today because of what you've done in part because of what you've done in others. Lord, help us all to see that same vision, to have that same dream, to know that that dream that you gave me on Tuesday night was for all of us, that what we do for you is not in vain. Father, help us to, to not lose heart. Help us to not be moved. Help us to not give up. But help us to place our hope in you as you bring us strength. That we would mount up with wings as eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we vow to serve you today. We vow to keep doing what we're doing. To roll up our sleeves. To love on those around us. To let the light of Christ shine from us brightly. To be the salt that you call us to be. To not only season, but to preserve our world around us. And Lord, as we lift you up in our lives, you're going to draw everyone to yourself where there's hope, where there's strength, where there's rescue, where there's deliverance, where there's salvation, where there's a future. Thank you. Holy Spirit, just encourage us this morning with this message. Thank you, Lord, for what we're doing, not in vain. We may not see the results here on the earth. One day we will, when we see you face to face. So we'll be faithful. <laughs> we'll be faithful. And we'll trust in you. What we do for you, you're bringing fruit in your season. <clears throat> we love you and thank you for this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.